Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business. And we're friends like my friend, Dr. Andy. We don't let friends feed kibble. Now, do we, Dr. Andy? We do not. <laughs> How are you down this beautiful Monday morning? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about yourself? You know, I'm working my little fan fan off, but that's mm. all right. You know, sometimes uh, you forget. Uh, how out of shape or how hard being in this business is, right? So you've got to know how to lift. You've got to know how to bend. I mean, it is a fast and furious business, right? Do, running back and forth, uh, reducing pallets, stocking the shelves, packing the pallets. I mean, you know. You well, kinda... no, I have, I have no idea. But you're also in like a refrigerator too, aren't you? A freezer. Freezer. That's <laughs> even worse. This sounds terrible freezer and then a cooler and yeah when it gets really really hot here down in you know denver then then we'll be glad to be in the freezer but uh but yeah so i might need to go see a chiropractor soon you know you might want to consider that yes (laughs) for my own body (laughs) uh so what is exciting in chiropractic these days what's happening Oh, I had a, a fun case this week, this past week. <laughs> um, lady drove quite a ways and brought in her darling two-year-old German Shepherd. She did not think he was that darling. They have been struggling in their relationship <laughs> Uh-oh. and doing a lot of training. And she's like, this is not the last German Shepherd I had. And so we, we talked a little bit about that. Um, and we, and we worked on him. I did my thing. We did our muscle testing and our palpation and, you know, it, you know, all my adjustments and sent him on his way. Uh, he had had a pen hip prior and showed mild, um, arthritic changes on one of the hips, but not the other. So hip dysplasia genetically, from my understanding is bilateral. When you have unilateral or one leg, that usually comes from an injury. So keep that in mind. Cause of course she called the breeder and the breeder lost his poop. My dogs don't have that. And I'm like, well, usually unilateral in this dog before she adopted him. Cause she's only had him a few months or six months or something like that. Just hung out in the backyard. The previous owners didn't do anything with him. So in his critical socialization ages, he was in the backyard by himself with his calm. Poor dude. <laughs> Poor dude. Um, so he adjusted him. And then what day was that? I don't know. Earlier last week and a couple of days later, she's like, he just comes in the house and lays down now. <laughs> like, is that normal? I'm like, I don't know. I don't live with him. But one of her complaints was he's always moving or he's always chewing on something. He's chewing on his nails. He's chewing on something. He's always just, you know, this, this kind of 
erratic behavior, not even behavior, but just movement. And now he's not doing it. I'm like, isn't that a good thing? (laughs) Um, And so until proven otherwise, we reset his nervous system. And was he responding to pain? Was he just respond? Who knows what those behaviors were about? Who knows if they'll come back? I don't know. I've only seen him the one time, but I'm like, shouldn't we be happy that the dog is calm, cool, collected and laying on his bed? So this is something that I, I get this frequently. And I just got this yesterday where, where the pet parents said, I put my dog on raw. Okay. Now this is a nine-year-old dog that has been on kibble. Okay. High sugar donuts, right? Mm-hmm. Put them on raw, not my raw, by the way, but another raw, um, a commercial raw. And they were like, my dog's lethargic. And I said to, or this was somebody that was relaying from her neighbor. She said, do you see that dogs are lethargic when they get on raw? And I said, I see that dogs calm down Mm -hmm. because they've been at a heightened state of just frantic anxiety, sugar rush for Mm -hmm. years. And the pet parents think that that is normal. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they see a dog that is calm, satiated, feeling well, and they call it lethargic. Yeah. And the other part of that is they could have been in pain, you know, GI distress all those years with the process kibble too. And then the gut chills out too, and their brain chills out. And then they're like, oh, I will just lay down now. (laughs) And yes, it's misinterpreted by the pet parents. Absolutely. Just like this was, I'm like. And this dog is, he's on raw, uh, not your raw yet. I'm working on that, but yeah, he is raw fed and minimally all the other things since she's had him, we, we don't have his full history, but we're getting there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's just a little, you know, I, I don't, what, what would be in the raw diet that would make your dog lethargic? Well, and I remember talking to Dr. Jasek one time, she put a puppy on raw and then the puppy was driving the owners crazy because he was so full of energy. And and the owner's like, can I put him back on kibble? <laughs> because now we felt great and let's go do things, right? So I think you can get either way. And I think it's hard when a dog shows up a certain way, right? The dog's always had this behavior. We changed something and now it's changed. And we always assume it's bad. Because that's what humans do, right? Um, but it 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 may be a shift in the in the correct correct direction. And now the animal's calmer, can handle his environment, can you know self regulate a lot better when that nervous system is calm, cool, and collected and talking to itself on a reasonable level. Right, right. So I I don't really um, I hope that pet parents will take a little time. Right. Take a little time and really think about it. If you were on donuts, you've been on donuts and all of a sudden you start eating, uh, you know, steaks and fish and chicken. Don't you think you would calm down if you take any sugar out of your body? You're going to calm down. Let's allow these dogs to calm down or that high spike and that high low, like that deep low. I mean, that's what the processed food and sugar will give you you're you're flying high and then you're crashing hard and you're flying high and you're crashing hard yeah, so, so what what would be your 
definition of lethargic, a bad lethargic? What what would you see if that was the case? That's a tough question because I missed it horribly with my last standard poodle. What does that mean? Yeah, he turned seven and started slowing down. And I, like most pet parents that come in to see me, misinterpreted that as, oh, we're now seven and he's slowing down. And he's laying around a lot more. And but he would still perk up and go for walks, but he he just was just not right. And it took way too long for me to get him to the vet for it. And the vet pulled out a vial of blood. And before he did anything with it, he's like, you have a problem because blood should be very viscous. It should be thick. And when you move it back and forth, it should be, it should not be like water. Water moves around really fast, right? His was like water. He had a, well, he had IMHA immune, immune mediated hemolytic anemia. It turned mm. out. And he had his pack cell volume at 17 instead of close to 40 or more here in Colorado. We only get to about 40 because of the altitude. Uh, so he was almost dead. Oh my gosh. Literally, literally like that's how much I missed it. So I, I don't have a good answer for you, Didi, on that. And I was a horrible pet parent, right? I missed it. I didn't do anything soon enough, but I think lethargic is really, really difficult to determine unless you, and, and I had him since he was a puppy. This was not a rescue that recently came into my home. Uh, I don't, I don't think I have a good definition for you. Well, let me ask you that was that poodle on raw? No. Okay. No, a little bit. At that. Yes. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. This was, he's been gone eight years, nine years. And this was seven, seven years prior five. Yeah. This has been 15 years. (laughs) It's been a long time. This was, and no, he was not. um, And he lived through that. He lived to 13 and a half. I mean, we made it through. I mean, that required blood transfusions. And I think that, and that, that autoimmune response where his, it's his own body started eating his own red blood cells. That's what that is. Immune mediated hemolytic anemia, simple definition. The body decides the red blood cells need to be attacked and killed. So it's an autoimmune disease brought on by usually two things, over-vaccination or an antibiotic usage. His was a properly prescribed vaccination schedule. That was the last time we subscribed to a properly prescribed vaccination schedule. Wait a minute. As, what? You're calling it a properly prescribed. As per your regular conventional veterinarians. Yes. Right. So let's call it this. Uh, what, can we call it something else? The the traditional bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying it right here. And that that's, and you know what? I'm so grateful to that event because that's what set me down. What happened here? Are these things any good? Why am I doing this for my animals? So when I knew better, I did better. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot from him and, and this whole episode. And he was vaccinated. He, he got, I think all of them five of them. I don't know how many in October, this didn't manifest until March. 
So people, it's not the next day. That's not 10 days. It can be three to six months. It can be, it can be a very long time that this incubates in the body and the body's probably trying the whole time to manage it. And it just loses the battle. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. So this pancreatitis issue, right? People are on kibble um, and they have bouts of pancreatitis and, and, and really, you know, as Julia Lee talks about it, she's like, look, the pancreas is being assaulted in many different ways. And, and vaccines are one of them, right? Then you've got the rancid oils and kibble and all sorts of things you can get on a raw diet and that will help it immensely. However, there, you can still have episodes where if you do something like give your dog bacon grease, okay, I don't know why people think that that what, is a- Where does that even come from? I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> of all the things to choose to give your dog, bacon grease. Right. So I don't know if there's a little bit of confusion about animal fat. Now, when we talk about animal fat, guys, we're not talking about cooked grease- from meat or chicken or turkey or bacon. Okay, this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about real raw animal fat. Mm-hmm. And and but you give your dog bacon grease on top of their kibble. Oh that, my gosh. Expect it's a recipe recipe for disaster. Disaster. Mm-hmm. Absolute disaster. Now, your raw fed dogs can probably handle that better because they are used to processing saturated fats and don't have all the rancid and don't have all the sugars on top of that, but still don't do that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> let's, I know. It's just not. <laughs> I didn't even let my dogs have cooked bacon. I'm sorry. They just don't get that. Um, so I, I don't know the, the, you know, there's a lot of things that are going into a dog's body. And and if from a lot of pet parents, okay, because they want to do the best for their dogs, but they've got flaxseed oil, they've got safflower oil, they've got coconut oil, they've got a bazillion uh, vegetables going in there, all different types of supplements. So you guys, if you call us, you, whether it be Dr. Andy or myself, we're going to tell you, you got to get basic. You've got to stop all that nonsense. Now, if you want to add it back, you need to know why. Okay, so I asked someone the other day, I said, now, why are we adding flaxseed? Well, just, you know, I know why you add flaxseed, but I, but I asked the pet parent. Mm. Well, because somebody told me that was a good thing. But why? Do you, do you know if you get it already in the raw diet or if we can get a better version of it? I mean, why, why, why are we doing that? And I think that's the question that is not being answered then most people don't know why we are doing it. We need to be more like little kids that ask mom why all the time. Why? 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 (laughs) Right? But we've gotten beaten down in school. You know, don't ask any questions. Just, Mm -hmm. just, I told you so. Just go. Memorize and regurgitate. That's Mm -hmm. what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as as per flaxseed, um, it's probably one of your very poor choices for your omegas. Um, a lot of that is not even assimilated. And 
I will, I will tell you, I recommend no plant products until proven otherwise. And flaxseed for people is, especially women is hugely, hugely estrogenic. It's a xenoestrogen. It is not good for hormone health. I don't know what it does in dogs, but I can't imagine that you want to be adding any more of that in. Um, that same dog I was talking about, he was on this, uh, Omega blend. It was all plant-based, uh, and it had five or seven different plant oils, flax being the first one. I'm like, well, I don't know. There's so much anti-nutrients and inflammatory processes going on in the plant oils that I don't know if you're getting any benefit, but geez, no human should be taking this. And it was a human product. Like it, it would have been, it would have destroyed my hormones if I even thought about taking that. Um, and so I'm, I am looking for animal-based omegas beyond the raw. The raw has it in there, right? Because it has saturated fats from animals. It's got muscle meat, it's got organs, it's balanced. Um, so start there. And that's what Didi was saying. Let's start there. Like pull everything out, just get the meat going. Let the bodies have some time getting adjusted to that if you're brand new, and then we'll deal with adding in. Um, and just, I think people make things a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Yes, 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 and yes. Uh, that That is the case. So we, we got to make it real simple, guys. Uh, meat, bones, organ, and fat. There's always a question, okay, Dr. Andy, like this question that came up today. And I hope that we can somehow on the website make this easier for folks. I know we have a lot of stuff. I'm working on putting massive amounts of uh, product video up. So that will help you. But here's a question, Dr. Andy. I'm a beginner to raw food transitioning uh, for my two fur babies. One's a Frenchie standard bulldog mix. And the other one is an American Staffordshire. They're both two years old. So in that adult category. Now they're new to raw. And she said she still needs help getting a feeding routine together because she doesn't want to miss a beat, which I like that. But she asked this question. I get this question a lot. What should the meals look like on a daily basis? She said, my dogs have skin allergies and a sensitive stomach, but it might be because they're on blue buffalo. Uh, I've tried many dried kibbles and nothing has gotten better, honestly, uh, I can tell you they do not like blue buffalo. Well, that's because they're mighty smart dogs. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so you guys, I, I want to address this sensitive stomach issue. Uh-huh. All dogs that are on kibble probably and mostly have sensitive stomachs. Why? Because they're eating freaking donuts every day of their life. And you know what? They were created to eat meat. Yes. This is a problem. Yes. But, but Dr. Andy, how do we help people just make it simple. People want a feeding routine. And, you know, Neely's funny because if anybody goes to Neely and she's like, I am not doing a diet plan. Okay. I'm going to give you the concept. I'm going to help you be um, confident. I'm going to tell you what not to do, but the rest is up to you because you need to make it fun and um, reject all of this nonsense that's out there that says, only your, you know, top educated people could know how to feed a dog. Well, you're feeding them crap right now. So your only thing that you can do is go up. Anyway, what would you say? What's what's a what's an easy, you know, feeding guide for new feeders? 
Well, I get in trouble from you, but I, I love putting people on the Wolf Run Plus. Why because you it smells so bad. Because it smells bad. Oh, I got it. Don't run and off then, the newbies. <laughs> and right. And then I hear from the newbies. But then I, I tell them, I go, you can feed this, you can feed anything. Like oh, there that, you go. This, if you can do this, you can do any of this stuff. Um, so I love that one. Um, I I do. I take them off. No, no, um, I always get your letters mixed up. I'm so sorry. H- HVM PMR. Yeah, I'm like PMR. We're just doing PMR. I want to know exactly what's in there. They don't need any green specks of anything. They don't need, well, how about I still give them carrots? No. How about I still put sweet, no sweet potato, no pumpkin, no carrots. Um, what do we do for treats? Well, you got any single ingredient meat treats. Otherwise we're not doing anything. This is so hard on the pet parents. And I think that's what she's asking is, shouldn't I be actually doing more? There you go. And the answer is no. The answer is no. And the fact that you are now looking at your bowl, preferably glass or stainless steel, don't be in that plastic shit. Um, This little amount of meat, I think some pet parents' hearts like break. Like, this is it. This is all I can give them today, you know, or this meal and then the next meal. And and yes, you're going to have to suck it up, buttercup, put down just a little bit of meat and see what happens. Um, I don't think we need to do anything fancier than a beef PMR, a turkey PMR, a, a, a wolf run plus, and just get a scale. Me and Neely will go to blows on this. Get a scale. Hey, listen, measure I, your food. I measure mine. I've been doing this 23 years. I measure mine all the time. I have four dogs in my house right now. Mm. Okay. Um, I did have five. Um watching you know our grand dogs and the neighbor went to london and the dog was at the sitter and the dog got in a fight so the sitter said come get the dog they're in london and um there you go yeah and so you know it's super easy but i still weigh it out right because if i don't i'm gonna overfeed now here's the thing i get what neely's saying because you can judge it by your dog's body Right. Yes. You can. And you can look at your dog's body. And if they get a little too fat, you 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 know, cut back on the ounces. If they get a little too thin, you go up. Because honestly, Dr. Andy, the turkey blend 801010 versus the turkey PMR has 4% more fat in the turkey PMR. Right. That's a 14% fat versus mm-hmm. your 10%. So mm-hmm. if someone calls me and says, I'm feeding the same amount, but my dog's getting skinny or my dog's getting fat. Yeah, because that also means you're not rotating enough, but that's yeah, another story. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so it's just pick pick three different proteins, weigh it out, uh, give the single ingredient treats. We've got lungs, liver, trachea. Um, I think we were just visited by um, a really great uh, duck supplier that we're going to maybe Ooh. get some air dried, uh, maybe duck feet. Ooh. Uh, chicken feet are really, you know, hard to come by, but... Um, so this is, they've got some really cool things that they're thinking about doing. Here's one of the things that they said that they've been testing air dried intestines. Ooh. Now they've cleaned them out, right? They've cleaned out the intestines, but it's air dried intestines. So we'll see if we get those. It's kind of cool. We'll see. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yes. I have turkey tendons. We have turkey tendons. Those are awesome. My littles love those. That yep. works really well for their little dentation and the little mouths. Yes. So um, it's super easy. 
it's super easy. And um, I, I, I don't, I've got to get a, I guess I, I need a video that says, do this one, do this one, do this one, do this one. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there's really, you're not going to mess it up as long as you, um, you know, get the stuff that has the bone in it. Yeah. And I was the same shepherd. They, they see a holistic vet in the area. Um, I'm not sure how holistic, but they were transitioning to a different raw flavor. And, you know, you have to go do that slowly. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Are you really? sure? Are you sure? Because if you're not a raw fed dog, I'd plop down different protein sources, different flavors, whatever you want to call it all the time. Like I just switch it up bowl to bowl to bowl. Like what, what are we doing here? So, well, that's what she said. I'm like, okay, um, here, go to this website, rawdogfoodandco.com. <laughs> I'm like, please, please go there. And let's, and all the retail stuff has so much other stuff in it still. If we're yeah. still having problems, look at the back paragraph of ingredients on your retail raw. There's fruits and vegetables and seeds and, and this, and, and a lot of them respray the, the damn vitamins on there anyway. Oh, yeah. And so it, you've got to get to just bone, organ, meat, and fat. You've got to get down and get simple and, and be boring and just take a deep breath and remove all the supplements or that you can for just a little while. The other thing is he was on a joint supplement, a joint protective supplement. He's two. I go, here's my argument on that one. If you, the body is innately lazy, the body loves to conserve energy. So if you're going to be putting in those joint protective properties of glucosamine and collagen and chondroitin now, the body's going to be like, Oh, hell, I don't have to make that anymore, do I? And it will stop. So when you have really young animals, it's not a good idea, folks, to be supplementing that at a young age. Get the tracheas, get the tendons, um, up the cartilage in animal products if you if you want to support the joints that way. Because then that's a whole food product. The body's like, oh, I can incorporate that into what else I'm making. But when you supplement with that stuff at an early age, the body's going to get lazy and stop making it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love, I love adding extra organs. Um, I love adding, um, well, I just like a lot of rotation. So today mm-hmm. I went to my freezer and I pulled out ground salmon, turkey PMR, a rabbit tripe with fur, um, I think there was an all-star in there and there was mm-hmm. some other type of chicken. So mm-hmm. all, all of that, Dr. Andy goes in my dog's bowl, uh, in mm-hmm. the, in the, in the big bowl. Right. So I really do not know, um, what my dogs are getting specifically every single day. Right. Because it doesn't matter right now. I will say this. If you're a new feeder, and you have what what they call quote unquote a picky dog, well then 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 um, just do one at a time and see yep. what they like. And and also if they don't like something, try it again at a later time. We don't oh, know. Please please try it again at a later time. Right. right. We don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if there's some type of upset stomach. If there also supplements can cause a dog to back off. So if you are doing mm-hmm. supplementation, 
uh, pull that supplement out. Let's get them on a really good routine first. And then, um, and then we can, you know, go back in and put the supplementation in if it's something that they need to supplement for. But I, I was asked this question the other day, yesterday at the warehouse, and a, a lady had said to me, the raw dye is too expensive. Um, and so I'm thinking uh, of making it myself. How do I do that? <laughs> and I said, well, okay. Uh, she said, I, can I just go and, and get meat from, from the grocery store and feed it? I said, sure, you could try that. Uh, but you also need to add bones. And she said, and can I just do liver? I said, well, your best thing is to find three organs, you know, whether that's liver, pancreas, spleen, brain, uh, testicles, uh, uh, ovaries. And, and I think I her, her head started to spend. And mm-hmm. she said, well, then on the beef bones, can I just smash them up? And I said, well, I'd like to see that because mm-hmm. most of our, uh, you know, a lot of producers out there can't even get their grinders to, to do the beef bone. So you're going to have to go to a poultry bone and then then you need to do your ratios. And I said, you know, I haven't done that in so long. I couldn't really stand here and tell you how much of a duck wing or a chicken back or what else to feed. So um, anyway, I said, uh, that you could sounds like it. a lot of time. I just don't think though, Dr. Indy, that you're going to be able to go to the stores and make it any uh, cheaper right now. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't know. And then you put in the hours of work that that you just listed off there to get it all mixed up and the mess you've got to clean up. And I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why people want to cook the food either that, you know, decreases the nutritional value and it takes a lot of time and there's shopping. I don't like shopping and there's cooking and there's cleaning. I don't, I don't get it. I I have chubs in the freezer. I defrost them. I slice them open. I plop them in a bowl. Right. We're done. That's it. Super easy. Gobble it up. Gobble it up. Super duper easy. Don't make it complicated. There there are a lot of groups out there that really make their name off of making things complicated. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I I think we have this misinterpretation that it has to be hard or it has to be complicated to be any good. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just not the case. So make it easy. Right. Especially here with raw feeding. Yeah. Um, okay. Before you go, I want to ask this last question. Um, in regards to dogs that are having um, any kind of movement problem, uh, they would be best served to see a chiropractor. I'm asking this. I'm kind of making a statement. In it. <laughs> before, a question. before they decide to put their dog down, right? Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. So I, I've talked to some people lately who, you know, they've had these issues with their dog. Their dog can't stand up or their dog is having back pain. And they've been told, they've been told by the traditional veterinary medicine, well, you're, you just probably need to go ahead and put this dog down. I've seen this on other cases too, Dr. Andy, where they think the dog has EPI or they think the dog has this or that. And they tell pet parents to put their dog down and they don't do it. Thank God. And the dogs live for years. So 
you you could even work with people via Zoom. So let's just say, for instance, that somebody has a dog that they've been advised to put it down. You could look at this dog via Zoom, and even though you're not there, you could help advise people on what to do with their precious pets, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's all in the conversation. It's all where the pet parent is sitting with it. There's also a lot of nurse care. It's the size of the dog. It's what are they eating? What are the supplements? And video? Oh, I can tell you a lot by getting a video of your animal moving. And I can tell a lot. Um, And it really depends on how motivated the pet parent is. Well, aren't most pet parents motivated to keep their dogs alive? Eh, Depends. There's a lot of nurse care, right? If you have a 150-pound animal that's not moving, you have a 20-pound dog that's just uh, chronically limping. I had this one client. He was amazing. He lived to like 17, and he was like 50 pounds. So he's a pretty good-sized dog, a nice medium-sized dog. And he limped like you wouldn't believe in the front end, like head bob, limping, miserable looking and he wanted to walk three miles a day and he got yep and he got on a schedule once a month with me and he walked three miles a day mom's like you know how many comments and looks i get i go i bet you get a lot that you're being mean to your dog he he went on another year and a half chiropractic care walking that much he died at 17 (gasps) he was so happy to be moving that much so we just maintained him at his best self um, couldn't, he was on some pain meds at the end, not even when I really first met him. Um, mom did a great job with him where that limp was. I don't know why we didn't change it. I don't know. Um, but he still wanted to do that. So he did that. So, you know, other vets would have been like, ah, the diagnostics we need to do, we need to get this fixed. We need it. How about we just go with it? We can also go with it. So do you think that sometimes pet parents just assume that the dog is in more pain than they, than they are or. That's a good question. Cause that's really hard to determine um, with our animals. Cause some don't tell you they hurt at all. Some, you know, stub a toe and they're dying just like people. (laughs) Like there is a huge range of, um, pain reactions out of our animals. Um, they're generally more stoic than we are. And they, they have a, a hit, you know, the, their evolution was pack mentality. Got to keep up with the pack. Right. But I general, in general, I think anything that's going on with your dog bothers you more than it bothers the dog. You know, I, one of our grand dogs, it's the yappy hour dog. Right, the black dog with the blue eyes. The the blue eye. Yeah, he's here. But he he kind of a little baby about certain things. Um, Mm -hmm. There's an ear, one of his ears. And if you touch that ear and he yelps, right? Just that Mm -hmm. one ear. Um, I have no idea what that is. And then he's got one foot that he does that about. And it doesn't appear that there's anything wrong. Uh, but it's, but it's, it's just kind of weird. He, he, uh, he's always been like that. And this dog goes on 
massive runs with our son, right? The, he's a he's a mountain biker, so he will go on these massive runs. Um, when they do the backcountry skiing, he goes on the massive runs doing that. So I can't tell what's going on with this dog. I bet, you know, there's certain places that you touch him and he's just like, oh my gosh, you think he's dying. Mm-hmm. And then I tell people that's when you go to chiropractic. Yeah. This is dog it, really should it, go to chiropractic. Is it kind of nummy when you touch it? Is it, you know, kind of, you know, it feels funny when you touch it, but he can run just fine, right? Yeah. Paresthesia is not going to necessarily mess up moving a limb, but kind of rubbing it might feel really weird. And then, you know, big boy dogs are big babies. <laughs> They That's really why I have are. girls. It's, it, yes, it's really shocking. The big boy dogs. It's like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Um, but yeah, I was. I happened to be at my vet, not for my dogs. I was seeing her dog, um, and they were talking about some dogs that they took some X-rays on. The X-rays were fine. I couldn't find out what's wrong. I'm like, that's when you send them to me. When there's nothing on X-ray, nothing that when you move them around, you're getting anything. That's when you send them to a chiropractor. Yeah, it's it, it's so important, I think, back to that question, that you go to a chiropractor first before you make that decision that your dog cannot walk, that your dog is in massive amounts of pain, or that you need to put them down, mm-hmm. right? Because those, you want to make sure. Now, I, I understand what you're saying, Dr. Andy. You're saying, look, there, there are 150-pound dogs that um that people they're just not going to be able to put in a wheelchair they're not going to be i get that mm-hmm. i get that but again let's get the right information first yeah. and then make your decision absolutely absolutely or like this german shepherd he was walking fine he didn't have any pain things that we think of as normal pain things. He wasn't limping. He wasn't crying out. He wasn't doing any of that, but his nervous system was wound up to kingdom come and it needed to be um, adjusted and reset. And now maybe I wonder what she gets when she goes to training. Mm, Interesting. Hopefully she comes back and you can ask her. Yes, I think she will be. We'll see. We'll see. I think I'm, I think I'm going to come over and get my nervous system reset. But okay. okay. All right, everybody. Listen, you can find Dr. Andy every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on her lives. It's called Dr. Andy's World, A-N-D-I. It's on YouTube, 6 p.m. Mountain Time every Tuesday. Bring your toughest questions. All right. You can also find Dr. Andy. Get on her email list at Magic Care Animal. 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 You know, animalmagiccare.com, Animal Magic Care. Get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. Get off the crap. Your dog does not have a sensitive stomach, okay? We can help you. All right, get over to <laughs> rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.